0: The party began here in West Lafayette. One of the top five places to watch college basketball. I,
1: I would argue you can't find a better one. Three
2: on the way. Bulls! Ah! I feel the electricity in the house. The passion. It's a wall of oh, sound. Here we're back.
0: It is Boiler Craig. they got a wall about you. for three.
2: This is the Boiler Ball Podcast.
0: Welcome to the Purdue Basketball Podcast. I'm Elliot Bloom, joined by the voice of the Boilermakers, Rob Blackman. It's episode 90 here on the podcast, and after a lengthy break, we are back uh, doing a series of tapings here, and uh, as always, we always talk to our outgoing seniors. uh, This year, two seniors leaving the program, Matt Frost, and of course, David Jenkins. Uh, We start with Matt Frost. I want to welcome you to the podcast. Thanks for taking time to join us here, Matt.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited.
0: So, uh, wanted to get into your story a little bit. Um, when you joined us, it, it goes by quick, I know. But mm-hmm. when you joined us uh, a few years ago, talk to that. Talk to us about that process because I got to be honest with you. When you came in, um, every walk-on scenario and situation is completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think in my 20 years here, there's been two that have been the, the exact same. In this case, I know coach kind of went out and got you, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, kind of on his own. He walked him my office and he goes, Hey, we're going to add a walk on. His, his name's Matt Frost. Here's his info. I'm like, <laughs> Okay, cool. Okay. You know, sometimes there's discussion. Sometimes there's like, Hey, we got three guys interested. Do we need anybody? I mean, it just, it's, you know, the rhyme and reason of why walk ons join teams is, at least for our program, is totally random, it seems like. Uh, but you kind of really came out of the blue. So with that story being said, uh, tell your version of it, how you were approached, or, or how did that work?
1: Um, so I was, I came on pretty late, to be honest. Most guys come on in the summer. Yeah. Yep. Um, I graduated high school and then knew I wanted to go to Purdue. It's the only college I applied to. So pretty confident pretty, I would get in. Pretty
0: confident there, Matt. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
1: Pretty confident I'd get in just with like test scores. I mean, uh, it looked pretty good for me. I was came from a Purdue family. My dad graduated from Purdue, and I was raised Purdue fan my whole life. Older sister had just graduated from Purdue when I came in as a freshman. My older brother was still here, so it just made the most sense for me to go here. Um, then probably midway through the summer, um, a good friend of mine, kind of mentor and coach throughout my whole life, Kevin Johnson, he. Uh, He was friends with Painter and still is, so he was kind of my end with that. He started talking to Painter about me like, hey, this kid's already going here. Uh, He's not too bad. So um, got in contact with my high school coach, I think, uh, sent Coach Painter some game clips and game film, and then I think I met you and Coach Painter, Bloom, on my star day here at Purdue, which is just kind of like freshman orientation.
0: I do remember that, yeah.
1: Uh, Did I say any... Interesting words. Did I talk
0: at all? No, you didn't start talking until two years ago. So, <laughs> we're, we're, don't steal my thunder. We're going to get into that. But you, uh, no, I do remember that exactly how it played out because I think I think probably two weeks before you showed up for stars when Coach came into my office and said, mm-hmm. "Hey, we're going to have a walk-on." I said, oh, okay. And like you said, normally, you know, for our listeners, like the way the calendar works is we start basically. Our year starts in June. Mm-hmm. We start with summer school in mid-June. And that is how we kind of, um, I guess, you know, from a calendar standpoint, a program standpoint, that's how we, when we officially start the season anyway in our mind. I know for most fans or anything, it starts in November. Right. But we really start things in June because all of our guys are here on campus, including the newcomers. And so it was a little unusual that you had we had gone through the summer without you and then added you late. Um, at the start of the
2: semester in August so 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 I'm really confused now Uh, (laughs) so put the calendar together for me here Matt you graduate high school in late May with no intention of playing basketball you're just coming to Purdue as a student yep I'm assuming hadn't even thought the thought had not crossed your mind you're gonna play basketball at Purdue no not until the mentor you just mentioned circled back to you and said, hey, I think I can get yeah. you an opportunity at Purdue. Yeah. And wow, like, that is a crazy story. It was just like growing so, and, up. I'm sorry to cut you off. And you were a good high school player. I know because I, I followed your stats. But you weren't thinking about playing at some Division three or a junior college. You're Purdue all the way. Going to be a student. This will be great. Maybe I'll join a frat. Uh, next thing you know, hey, you want to try out for the basketball team? Sure yeah like I thought about kind of going to a smaller school
1: I had visits to Anderson and Rose Holman and they're both good visits but in the long run like there was going to be more money to go there and play basketball than it would to be sure yeah, yeah come right, here or not right. so uh, I had kind of given up on basketball long term once I had graduated high school and I uh, was just fine with being a student maybe playing intramurals and that would be fun too but for the most part like yeah it just didn't really cross my mind and then my mentor Kevin Johnson was like, Hey, I'm I can talk to Painter about this if you want I'm like, Seriously? <laughs> and so we got the ball rolling and like growing up I wanted to play at Purdue when I was like real little. Yeah. And then as I got older and realized like maybe I don't have that kind of talent or that kind of ability. Um kind of towards the end of high school I realized that I'm like, well, oh well, but I'm still gonna finish out my career in high school, um, see where it takes me but I just kinda of gave up on it, so once I got the once I started talking to Kevin Johnson about playing here at Purdue it was like it's not going to happen it's, it would be a dream come true if it did like it would be surreal there's no way that it would really happen so
0: wow and I do remember I think one of the reasons that coach wanted to add someone at that particular point was we had gone through the summer and you know walk-ons are important for a ton of reasons but in practice to have extra bodies to be able, you know, your starters can't be doing all the reps all the time. And so mm-hmm. there's a lot of need for, uh, for, the, for one of the main jobs of the walk-ons is just at practice every day, getting guys ready for games. And, um, he was like, I just feel like we're one guy short. I'd like to add somebody. So yeah, there we go. And so then you came in, we had that meeting. And then I remember it was a little strange because you were living on a, in a dorm, which dorm?
1: Tarkington yeah, yeah
0: you were in Tark and normally all of our guys are kind of together mm-hmm. and you were kind of on an island so to speak because yeah. of the situation over in Tarkington there um which now that I'm thinking about it would you get your application in late or something because Tarkington always one of those ones <laughs> where, like oh boy no air conditioning <laughs> I don't
1: know it was tough I mean I remember we were right across the street from the track and yeah. I would get woken up every morning at like 6 a.m from ROTC doing like laps and running and yelling and everything and.
0: and you have to have your window open or you're yeah. going to bake <laughs> exactly <laughs> well i was in wiley so i uh, <laughs> i can relate of course back then i don't think many of them were had air conditioning now i think there's they're, they're down to like three that don't have air yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's rough going over there in tark uh but at least it's close to Mackey. you could get here yeah so let me ask you this if you took like rob said you weren't prepared to play college basketball so like when you had when you came in, met with coach, talked to me, and coach said, let's do this, did you have a little bit of a freak-out moment? Like, were you in shape? Yeah, like, should I start that? shooting dribbling? Did you, did you move to the mountains and go through, you know, snow drifts <laughs> like Rocky to, like, get prepared? <laughs> I
1: should have. I mean, I remember I came up to watch a practice once, and, like, that practice was just surreal. Like, I couldn't believe that was Purdue basketball that I was watching. But then after I got to meet some of the guys and Tommy Lewis and Jared Wolbrun, who were walk-ons at the time, uh, came over and like introduced themselves and were like, yeah, we gotta run a 530 mile on this day. I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> and so then I started getting in shape and running on my own and doing a little more workouts. But uh, at the time I was not in shape. Like, like I said, I was just kind of like maybe playing pickup every now and then, but definitely not like I used to be in high school and definitely not in shape enough to be playing college basketball
0: yeah I do remember the start of it we had our first practice and I think then the calendar had changed by then we were we were starting practice about the end of September and you know classes start at the end of August so you uh, it's five weeks probably mm-hmm. since you got here we started practice and obviously mm-hmm. conditioning before that I mean conditioning had to be a just a complete bear for you
1: Mm-hmm. I've I missed the first day of conditioning because I didn't know like the whole schedule and stuff, and I was just like, Wait, "Great man, start to your career." Yeah. It it was was first practice, we
0: just did frosty wrong, man. I didn't communicate. He didn't tell him to him. show up, oh, man. I just feel so <laughs> bad. there's something on the
1: schedule about it. But our weight coach at the time, Gavin, was like, "Yeah, I'll get with you guys on times," but he meant lifting times. But the conditioning time was correct in the calendar, and I just didn't really look at it correctly. And then afterwards, Jared texted me, he's like, "Dude, where are you?" And I was like, <laughs> "What?" and i was like in breeze like studying or something or getting ahead of my classes so but it was it was a kind of rude awakening getting into oh, shape
0: that's a that's a awful feeling when you're already you've probably already felt behind and then yeah. you get that text where are you that is, is there any worse text when you that get is it that's the worst where, where are, are you? you yeah oh cuz you know you've messed up You're yeah. so like oh crap where am i supposed to be yeah that's not a good not a good feeling um so I do vaguely remember, like, as we go through every year this happens, you go through a couple practices and then we go back in the coach's locker room, the shower, and we're like, we, you sit around as a staff and you talk, like, okay, you know, first impressions, you know, what do we think? And I remember, I rem- I do remember vaguely people saying, like, boy, we got to get Frost in shape and he's going <laughs> to help us. Like, <laughs> and I just remember I felt for you because it kind of a deer in the headlights because normally in the summer – there's a little bit of a gradual process, Mm -hmm. right? You know, you can kind of break yourself in. Hey, we got some small group work. You got some individual or small group weight sessions. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of get your bearings a little bit. There's not, well, nowadays, 50,000 kids on campus. You know, there's a handful of kids taking some summer classes. They're very laid back. And it's great for our guys because it allows them to get acclimated. And you (laughs) you didn't have that luxury at all.
1: No, it was... It was really tough uh, at first, but I mean, after I still remember my first time I got into like a drill in practice, and I was just running around with a like a chicken with his head cut off. Like <laughs> I didn't know what to do. I was just like, it was progression drill, so that was already oh, yeah. ca- kind that's of an confusing. up and down, back and forth. Yeah, yeah, you got to pay attention in that one, and it was just like everything was going 100 miles an hour, and I didn't know what to do. So, still remember. I'm sure I'll remember the rest of my life, but. Did
2: doubt ever <clears throat> excuse me, did doubt ever creep in? Couple, three, four practices in where you're like, Maybe this isn't for me or no?
1: Honestly, I don't know if so much at first. There was probably one practice a year where I was like, Man, why am I doing this? Hmm. And it was just like kinda getting beat up and still like I wasn't at the level that the play, the scholarship players are at. Um, towards the end of my career I definitely got a little better, but I was still never right there. So there was always like one practice or two where I would just keep getting hammered and keep getting beat. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, overall, like, still did pretty well, I think. No,
0: you did, you did great. And I, and talk about, I don't think people, we referenced it a little bit earlier, um, understand the value that walk ons bring and, and your job and your role and everything like that. Um, you know, there's days where, like you said, you had some thoughts once in a while, like, man, why am I doing this? <laughs> well, you're not the only one. Like, everybody, <laughs> like players, staff, everybody, it is such a long season. The grind of a season, I don't know, unless you go through it, you really don't get a true appreciation for it. But there are days in in February, usually, uh, is when it happens. And you sit there, and man, I am, like, wiped. I cannot. And I, and I always say, as a staff, like, if we're wiped, I can't imagine how you guys Ooh. feel. Um, But your guys' job is to bring it every day in practice so that our guys are prepared for the games. And just talk about that. You know, when did that – as a freshman, you're probably keeping your head above water. But, like, when did you really take time to, like, okay, this is my role, this is kind of my job, and who kind of helped you with that?
1: Um, Excuse me. Probably, like, sophomore year, I think. Uh, Especially with COVID. I mean, that was when we didn't have any managers, so – the walk-ons especially and I, I know even you bloom were getting out there with a the towel if there was sweat on the court and doing all the extra jobs that needed going filling waters uh for the players but um it was just like i don't know like the role of a walk-on you don't really realize until you get here like you kind of know you're going to be low, low man on the totem pole so you got to be humble whenever you're a walk-on and like really know your role and like there's role players on the team who play a lot and then there's the walk-on to our role players on the team and like rarely ever play but like you just got to understand that and like that's what you're kind of signing up for and just to be part of the pretty basketball team was great for me so like I didn't care I was just happy to be here and so whenever you get into practice like you know you're not going to get into every every drill and some there might be some drills you don't want to get in right uh, yeah like <laughs> right. there was definitely a lot of drills where I was like man, I hope no one gets hurt. I hope no one needs a break. <laughs> uh, it's like there's some intense drills that maybe you're still not in shape for just because you don't get as many reps during practice as some of the other guys. But whenever you do get that rep, I mean, you just got to give it your all. You know it's going to be quick. Um, and just kind of like staying on the sidelines and watching just in case anyone needs one, asking them if they need a break. And if they say no, I am mean, so what? That's fine. That's kind of your role. That's what's going to happen. Um, but, yeah, just kind of doing – Anything you can to help the team win, help the team get better. Paying attention in film was a big thing. Mm-hmm. Uh just watching the other team, because like the walk-ons, especially towards especially this past year, we did a lot more scout team stuff. And so you gotta pay attention to every team, learn their plays for that week, and then two days later you gotta learn another team's plays and then run them in practice so that the guys who are gonna play can have something to look at and like know what they're gonna be up against. And you gotta run them correctly, you can't just like uh, Las basically go through it and everything so paying attention to film knowing what the other team's gonna run like that's big too and then you also gotta know like all of our plays and we have a ton as everyone knows so um it's just it's a lot to take in throughout the whole season. I mean there's never just really one down part, but uh just understanding like what you're there for is really important.
0: I think you hit the nail on the head with that because we've had some guys in the past that You know they're here. They're excited, and then they get into it, and it's harder. It's always harder than you think. Uh And then, then we've had guys who are like, "There's some bewilderment because they're not playing." And you're like, "Uh, "We couldn't have made that more clear." Like that's that's the number one thing we tell walk-ons is like, "Hey, you have to be resigned to the fact that you may never ever get in a game, Mm -hmm. and that's just the way it goes." Like we hope you get we you get in, but you have to be prepared to never get in. And, like, you know, your practices are your game days, and that's got to be good enough. And it's hard, like, because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you want, like, a payoff for your hard work, whether that's in real life or in this Mm -hmm. case, you know, you want a payoff for all the weights you lift and all the time you put in. And your payoff is going out there and playing in front of 14,000 people. And and you may not get that. So now the times you do get it, talk about that. So do you remember the first time – that you thought, holy crap, I might be checking into this game. Like, do you, yeah, was there a moment that you were like, this might be happening here?
1: A little bit. Like, the first exhibition game we had my freshman year, I got in and I missed two free throws. I remember that. Um, and then going throughout like the whole season, there are games where like you're sitting on the bench the whole time. So you're like, I don't really want to go in. but like it's the nerves leading up to it once you check in like all those nerves go away and like it's still a little nerve-wracking but like you get used to it pretty quick but i do remember like the first time realizing i might go in this game and then all these people are watching and it was definitely easier covid year with no fans playing oh yeah i can see that it definitely it did get easier though throughout my junior year and obviously i didn't play last year but uh junior year was a lot easier and a lot more comfortable so yeah It definitely helps just with experience.
0: Yeah, that's. I mean, I I I was thinking about that like that moment where you're like, oh man, he could be. That finger could be pointing down here. Oh yeah, you look down at paint.
1: Like we, me, Chase, and Carson would always look and be like, he's gonna put us in, isn't he? And like (laughs) just looking down at paint, and like even like four minutes into the game, if like someone gets hurt or something, and he looks down the down the line, you're like, please don't put me in, please don't put me in, and like the chance of getting in with like four minutes into the game are like
2: almost zero but there's still that little thought that you're just praying he doesn't put you in. (laughs) Wow. Uh, So to play a little bit off of that um, you mentioned earlier we talked earlier about uh, one or two times a year there is a point where you think to yourself man what am I doing here? On the flip side of that at what point in your career uh, did you stop for just a moment look around and say man I'm glad I'm doing this this is worth every single second of the work I've put in did you have that aha moment definitely whenever uh i guess
1: like when you talk about getting rewarded for the work you put in definitely getting a scholarship like that was oh sure yeah that was the biggest sure. thing to me ever cuz like at that point it's it's not just about like getting the money and getting school paid for but like all that work that you put in for four years, the weightlifting, going to practice, sitting on the sidelines, all that, and then getting the scholarship, it's like everything you've been working for, and people recognize that, and they want to reward you for it, and so that's just amazing. It's the greatest feeling ever. Um, Surprised when that happened? I was a little surprised, um, just like historically speaking, and the walk-ons and everything. Um, I didn't really, I never expected it, but kind of in the back of my mind was always thinking about it um
0: and talk us through when that happened the day it happened
1: it was i think the first game back from winter break and i'd probably been a month out of surgery from my acl
0: and it happened this last year Mm -hmm. and and just so our fans know and then i'll let you i'll let you tell your your point of view we always wait till the start of second semester because on the off chance you know there's years we could take a transfer at break and so you always want to have one in your back pocket in case a player shakes loose that could really impact your program and you if you don't have that scholarship available you can't use it now the good part about awarding a scholarship at break is it's retroactive so Mm -hmm. you get first semester back Mm -hmm. basically so it still accomplishes the job you just don't know you're gonna get it (laughs) until january so so talk to talk us about that tell tell us pick out your story up about that day
1: um We were playing Nebraska, I think.
0: That sounds about yeah, yeah. Sounds
2: sounds right. right. Yeah.
0: So
1: playing Nebraska.
0: Um, and you had hurt your knee, so you're not practicing. You're just, nope. But you're there. You're watching film every day. You're at every mm-hmm. practice. You're probably sitting there bored out of your mind at practice. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, so we were playing Nebraska. Um, we ended up winning. And then in the locker room, uh, we were all sitting down, waiting for one last person to come in. And then Coach Bain's like, we're waiting on them. And then I got an announcement to make. And Coach Paint never makes announcements. It's always Bloom. Yeah. So like when he said that, I was a little, I was kind of thinking about it. Mm-hmm. The last time he made an announcement was when Jerry got his scholarship. So, really? Yeah.
0: I wouldn't have guessed <laughs> that. Wow. Okay. Uh,
1: yeah. Any time after practice, Paint says his speech or whatever, and then he's like, and then Bloom's got announcements. So Paint never does announcements. So whenever he said that, I was kind of thinking like my heart started just racing then, and I was getting like really nervous. And then he said. The announcement, he looked at Dave because we were joking around with Dave saying, like, oh, it's for you, man. You messed up. <laughs> but so he's like, the announcement's for Frosty, and then we're going to put Frosty on scholarship. And then, like, my heart just sped up even more. And, like, in that moment, like, all so many emotions I can't even describe. Yeah, you got a little came. teary-eyed. I remember that. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: It was great. Like, like seeing that was an awesome feeling because you could tell how much it meant to you. Mm-hmm. You know, for a, variety, for a variety of reasons. I mean, the financial a- element aside, like you said, it's just the reward for all the hard work.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. And like like I said before, just like knowing that other people recognize the work that you put in, because there's a lot of days where you put in work and no one even sees it. Um, even coming in on your own in the gym and shooting on the gun or getting an extra lift in on a day off, like people don't really see that. Um, but just whenever you get the scholarship then you know that people have seen the work that you put in and people appreciate it too your first call
2: or text probably is more appropriate
1: was to whom good question see that's kind of interesting because my family actually wasn't here they were on a trip to san diego to see my sister so i was gonna try and keep it like a secret and not tell them because I want to tell
2: them in person it was all over social media I know. <laughs>
1: uh, and then to be honest even my girlfriend who uh, we've been together for almost over four years now she was going to take the MCAT the next morning so she had already gone to bed I didn't want to tell her <laughs> so I don't even remember if I really texted anybody huh. and then
0: your girlfriend was excited because you could finally pay for dinner oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
1: but then her it got posted on social media. Her roommate said something out in their apartment, and then she heard it because she wasn't actually asleep yet. Um, and then she called me and was like, did you get a scholarship? I am like, oh, yeah, I did.
0: Ah, so I you like, got in Shoot. trouble. <laughs> yeah,
1: and then my brother called me as well. Um, so then once it was on social media, I called my mom and my younger sister, older sister, who was in San Diego, and her husband because they had landed before my dad, I think and uh i told them and like immediately just broke down crying Hmm. um even on facetime and like it was just surreal to be able to tell them that and like that's kind of why i wanted to tell them in person because like at that time i just wanted someone to like hug when i told them yeah just like cry um but it was still great and then later on i told my dad that night when he landed and he was even more excited so
0: that's awesome that's a great story i totally i mean i now that it's clear as a bell now that you, I recall it, but, uh, yeah, I didn't, re- and I do remember they were traveling too because mm-hmm. of that, which is, uh, I don't know if that's good or bad. They weren't here. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was able to tell. So my, like I mentioned earlier, my mentor, Kevin Johnson, um, he's really close with Sam King. who's a freshman walk on Yeah, and he was there for that game though. So I got to tell him and got to hug him. So that was great too. I mean, he's like, well, not for him. You're not in this position to begin with. So, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's just been such a great coach to me since I was, like, I don't know, nine years old in basketball and then even just a great mentor as I've gotten older. So, being able to share that moment with him and him being the main reason that I'm here yeah, was was really big for me.
0: Talk to us this year. Um, you, uh, you got injured and um, just a – it's so tough when you guys go down, any of, any of you. Yeah. Um, and just felt for you immediately but how tough was that especially being your senior year
1: um so it happened probably the last five or ten minutes of practice the day before exhibition game so that was kind of tough almost comical now I guess but um jumped up for a rebound on my knee wrong I immediately felt a pop and I've never broken anything I've sprained an ankle before but never broken anything torn anything but I was like the first thought was ACO. Yeah, was
0: I think a, you even said something to Chad, didn't you? Our trainer. Maybe he was. I mean, you, the way you. The, I just remember the way you described it to him. He as as he got you out, off the court, he looked at me like uh, this isn't good because uh-huh. the way you described. Yeah.
1: It. <laughs> he was. Whenever I went in the train room, there was like luckily enough, there was like another knee doctor already in there looking at someone else. But he like moved my knee around and looked at it and. Told Chad, like, it's probably ACL. And he told me, like, we're not really sure we're gonna get an MRI just to like clarify and be sure, but he told Chad it was pretty probably ACL, like 90% sure. And then Chad told me, and like I kinda knew that's what it was gonna be, but didn't really want to accept it. Yeah. At the time. And then later on that night I told my parents that since it's the exhibition game, there's always that thought for a walk and like we're probably gonna play tonight yeah no mm-hmm. doubt so i told my parents like i probably won't be playing tomorrow and there's a really good chance i tore my acl and just broke down crying uh. um because it was hard but like obviously senior year um knowing you're gonna play some so not really wanting to accept that your career's over right like that was the part that really got to me and like as i got older it's like part of me was a little burnt out so i was like kind of looking forward to being done but once it actually happens like that's completely different and once you realize that your career is actually done then it really gets to and then
0: yeah it's not your own choosing either yeah exactly yeah
1: um so then i got the mri that night actually but didn't get the results back till the next morning but once i got the results back and talked to the doctor here um i had kind of already accepted it so i was like well like i can't do anything about it now i mean I'm still going to be a part of the team. I'm still going to do whatever I can and like cheer them on every game go to all the practices, all the games and all the film sessions, like whatever it took to still be a part of the team. And I'm very glad that I still did that and never really checked out.
0: Yeah, no, you were great. In fact, I remember early on after that, we were having film session. I look back and, you know, there you are, like nothing had happened. You were crutches at the time and that kind of thing. But, um, you know, that, and I did, I did feel for you as those practices drag on and on. And then there's, there's Frosty sitting there at the scores table. just.
2: Thinking, he's, what am I doing? he's
0: trying to be engaged, but boy, it's tough over there sometimes when those, uh, especially those dog days and everything like that. But, but, uh, but yeah, you, you stuck with us and talk about how, because knowing how you are wired, you want to help the team. Now you can't physically be out there between the lines, helping the team. So mm-hmm. was there a, was there a moment or anything where you thought, okay, now what can I do here to kind of pull my weight or whatever that might, whatever, whatever phrase you want to use for that?
1: Not really. I mean, like I was, I couldn't really walk normally until probably a month or, well, yeah, a month and a half probably after the surgery. So there really wasn't anything I could really do even. I just had to sit there. Yeah, you couldn't um, even help with bags or anything. <laughs> exactly. Like Whenever we were, like before I tore my ACL, like that was always something kind of walk-ons did, especially with covid Um, Not having managers, but we would always just help out any way we could and just, like, grab a bag from the bus and take it into the arena if that's what was needed. But not being able to do that for a while was kind of tough. I mean, I just had to watch someone else get it when, like, normally that's something I would do. And that was kind of, like, my job as I saw it. Um, But once I was able to, like, move around a little bit more, then I was able to, like, help out some whenever I could. And then even if it wasn't, like, physical, I mean, I was always there – in the games like especially for the walk-ons whenever they got in and they scored like i was the first one out of my seat because like those are yeah. of my mm. like best friends those on the are your guys yeah. those are my guys yeah. and those are like i'm glad that i wasn't jealous of them scoring and that i could really cheer them on like truthfully because they were good dudes so like they weren't cocky or anything and it wasn't like oh wow he shouldn't be in there or anything like that like they're good dudes so seeing them succeed was great for me and Being able to cheer them on was also just something that uh, really meant a lot to me.
0: So, yeah, yeah. that's awesome. All right, so I see you guys down there on the end of the bench during games. I've always, I part of me always wants to like, man, I wish I sat down there. Like, (laughs) I want to know what goes on down there because sometimes we'll like, you know, probably four or five times a year, we're watching film as a team. And somebody may have a, a reaction, right, on the end of the bench. And, like, sometimes it's, it catches a coach's eye or something. And in the middle of film session, like, you know, we'll talk about, like, the execution of the play, you know. And then, okay, we show that. And then, like, coach or somebody else may drop in and, like, yeah. And, like, look at look at my guy down there at the end of the bench. He liked it too. And then, like, every, you know, and then it's rewound and everybody laughs and, you know, stuff like that. So are there any, like – memorable moments end of the bench memorable moments over the years
1: maybe not once. good specifically. or bad uh, <laughs> we always like to make jokes about maybe some guy on the other team they're shooting for him yeah we'll always just make fun of them um this past year we really got into air balls whenever the other team shot an air ball there's a really funny clip from the rutgers game in the big 10 tournament i forget who it was but they shot an air ball in the corner and then our, like, the last four or five guys on the bench just put our hands on our head and we were just, like, dumbfounded that he shot that. And his shot form was terrible. Like, I'm sorry, but <laughs> <laughs> it was like a curveball going through the air. And, and so there's, like, things like that. There was one picture that my local newspaper used for a story about me. And I remember the picture and the joke that was made, and it was kind of like a, an inappropriate joke, but – The fact that they got that on picture and using the paper was really funny because I know the story to it, but nobody else does. There are like five of you that know the story. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: That's pretty funny. I do remember uh, this year, and I can't remember which player it was, but I just remember going back up the floor. He turned and looked at the end of the bench at somebody. And I was like, and then at one of the timeouts, I went down there. I was like, I was talking to one of you guys. I go, all right, who said something to my guy? (laughs) And they were like, I think it was Sam. I think Sam said something. And, and I said, Sam, don't poke the bear and get that guy going because <laughs> right, yeah. then you're responsible. It, but, it may have been him. And I, I would tell
1: him too. He would say something to the person like, no, don't say that because that's exactly what they need. Yeah. And if it turns around on us, then you look really stupid.
0: Well, and now it's a thing where, you know, if somebody at the bench, if you make any kind of motion to the bench. I mean, Brandon Newman got teed up this mm, year. Yes, yes. I forget where. Um, Miami. Miami. Yeah, turned and looked at the bench and got teed up, and uh, so anyway, there's that that stuff happens. So uh, talk about real quick COVID. How bad was that to go through that year?
1: It was awful. I mean, maybe the worst part was getting tested every day, and you got to mm-hmm. fit that into your routine again. Um,
0: it just seems surreal
1: looking back. It does, uh-huh. especially like not having fans in the gym because like after a while you got used to it, but now thinking about it like. You could hear a pin drop at moments. So, like, thinking about it then, and like like you said, it's just surreal. It's like 10 years ago or something. But um, it was rough not having, like, a lot of a lot of managers to do things. And, like, we did some of the walk-ons would stay after and rebound for some of the players if they wanted to get extra shots up. Um, just kind of, like, pulling our weight even more. And then, once again, doing anything we could do to help out. And then also just some of it just didn't make sense. Like spacing out on for like <laughs> right. training table right. when we're all like playing together and everything. <laughs> right. Like it was just crazy. And I'd always joke around with Chad. And he's like, I don't know. Like I'm just doing what I'm told. And yeah. I'm like, why do we have to do this? And he's like, that's what they said.
0: You got to do it. How about when uh, wasn't <clears throat> when we were getting ready to go to Florida, didn't you test? Didn't you pop false positive? I did.
1: So mm-hmm. we were about to leave that same day. And like I said, we tested every day. And it was just like the – what was the test that we did?
0: It was the swab. We had the nasal swabs. Yeah. And so we it was the rapid test. Mm-hmm. So what ended up happening was we would test every morning. When you got to the building, that was your first order of business. Mm-hmm. And they set up a testing site in the lobby. And these ladies, you got to know them over the months mm-hmm. that they were there. <laughs> and we were going to test and then fly to Florida for the tournament down there. And that was like – A lot of teams weren't doing MTEs. There was only a handful of them that were occurring. Some of them were doing them on campus, like um, Duke moved their MTE to campus and had some teams come to Durham. It was a big deal because a lot of the normal tournaments couldn't get testing done on site. And we kind of got out ahead of it, and we got lucky because the tournament we went to, they ended up using the WNBAs testing people. And so they had a like of people that have already done it for sporting events. they were like, hey, we got it all in place. We're going to test you every morning you're down here in Florida. So we were one of the few that like, okay, we're going to do this. And people were calling me like, how would you get this tournament to go? And I'm like, we got lucky. Like, the, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. our circumstances just worked for us. But we also knew that if somebody popped on the trip, they were going to have to be in a car ride home. And there was a service we hired to handle that.
2: (laughs) To drive them home from Florida. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. So
0: I had somebody (laughs) on standby. And so every day at the hotel, they would come by and test us. And then you just sit around and you're like, oh, God, here we go. Because all it takes is one person to pop and then. Right. All right, take them in the car. Away they go. And so, what was crazy is the morning we're getting ready to fly down there. We our flight was like at four, three or afternoon or something like that. And we were going to practice a little bit and then go. Mm-hmm. And I just remember going downstairs and checking before we were practicing. I was like, "Everything good? Yeah, we're good. Okay, here we go." And every you guys were starting to trickle in to get ready for practice and do, do your tests. And I'm standing there outside the locker room with Chad. And Chad's phone buzzes, and he looks down. He goes, you're kidding me. I go, what? He goes, Matt Frost has tested positive. I go, you're kidding me. And now, like, Chad and I are freaking out. Because Mm -hmm. not only, like, okay, who else is going to test positive pop positive and not be able to get on this trip, but also, too, who's maybe infected and is not going to pop until you get down to Florida. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now we're like, holy crap, we're going to have to use this car service. So... Then like 10 minutes later, his phone buzzes again. Wait a minute, Travion popped. His phone buzzed again. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute, Zach popped. We're like, wait a minute, something's <laughs> uh, going on here. So they made you, then they, if you popped on the rapid test, then they made you, made you take the, uh, P, what was it? the P? PCP? PCT?
2: PCR? I PCR can't
0: remember. I it PCR? <laughs> Something yeah. like that. Yeah. So then you had to take the PCR. Mm-hmm. And that got sent to a lab across campus. So we're now we have 3 samples going across campus. And oh my god. Some days campus didn't get that back to you for 48 hours. Oh. It just depended on how the lab was. Right, right. So I had to call over there and be like, "Hey, look, I don't know who we need to like send some t-shirts to and, and grease the tracks here, but we're catching a flight in like 4 hours." <laughs> and we need to figure this out because we're not going to get on a plane unless we really drill down. And you guys we sent you back to your apartments. <laughs> Your are twiddling your thumbs in your rooms. (laughs) Like, what is going on? And, of course, you're probably freaking out because you're like, I'm going to be in here for two weeks. Yeah. And, like, Uh, that was the worst
1: thing (laughs) because COVID, we're all cooped up in our rooms and quarantined for, like, two or three weeks during the summer. And then this trip was going to be the first time you get to leave and, like, go away Mm -hmm. and, like, see something new. So I was, like, I was really excited for it and looking forward to it. But then you get that. False positive and You're like, oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> well, and then uh, and then we get the I get the phone call. All right, it, they're all they're all good. It's and so then we went back to the testers here, and we said, hey, we uh, think there's something up. And so then they recalibrated the machines, and one of the machines up there went, had an issue. Uh, and so they figured it out, but we were sweating bullets there for about four or five hours. And then we didn't we canceled practice because we didn't have any big guys. And so now <laughs> we're like. Then, we, then you talk through all the scenarios. Well, is it better to just cancel practice? Because what if we practiced and we have three guys that are infected? Now we're all going to be, you know, all that mm-hmm. stuff goes through yeah. your mind. So we ended up just saying no to practice. So then everybody's just sitting around the arena ready to go over to the airport and get on this plane. And then finally we, got, we called you guys. We said, all right, we're leaving in 45 minutes. Get all your stuff and meet us out there. And we went and had the tournament. Mm-hmm. Man, I forgot. I forgot that until we started. Uh, you were the first one.
2: So now I'm intrigued. Would you? Was there a backup plan where you were going to go play the tournament, but just without any big guys?
0: <laughs> no, I think if 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 we would have had those guys, if all those were true positives, you we probably wouldn't it. have gone.
2: Yeah, gotcha.
0: And, and and there was provisions for for that. We had talked. Uh, the four teams had huddled and talked. It was us, Liberty, Clemson, and uh, Mississippi State. And the four of us had discussed with the tournament organizers, okay, let's say we get down there and a team gets wiped out.
2: Like, yeah, right.
0: What are we doing? And yeah. then we said, well, we'll just go round robin. And, you know, you'll play, each team will play each other, and you'll still get your two games yeah. of the three remaining teams. And if the, the bottom line was we're going to try to get as many games out of it as we could. It was a two-game tournament. We were going to try to get a, a couple games out of it. And if we ended up going down there and two teams got wiped out and we just played Clemson one time, we might have played them twice. I don't know.
2: Yeah, do like a double yeah. letter
0: Yeah, might have played them on one day and turned around and played them the next day. Because at that point, everybody, you know, the games were shortened. We were only we only ended up playing like 25 games that year, yeah. 24 or 24, something like yeah. that. And so basically, you were just try, everybody was just trying to get games because yeah. some teams didn't play an MTE at all. Right. And then right. they were like, why did you play so many games that year compared to us? Like, well, we got our tournament in, and you didn't. I mean, it was just a—it was so surreal. Now that you think back and talk through it, now it's, uh, it's even stranger. So, okay, well, uh, Matt, we end all these podcasts with uh, a final four questions, and they are uh, four things that are off the beaten path. So, quickly, before I get to that, I wanted to ask you—you you are graduating here uh, in a matter of days. Mm-hmm. Um, got a job lined up. Uh, yep. Back home in Columbus. Um, excited about all that?
1: I am so excited. I mean, it's a new chapter in life and like really becoming an adult. Like, you go from high school to college and there's one thing, but then going from college to like the real world, uh, completely different. So, starting to become an adult and like worry about things you didn't even think about during college um
0: yeah being an adult sucks just, yeah. just yeah. spoiler, it's not spoiler not, alert it's not as much fun <laughs> i've as heard i'm not looking forward tell you. to it <laughs> well, um,
1: but yeah i'm definitely excited for it uh i'll live at home for a couple months and then the roommate i had my freshman year in the dorm i'm gonna live with him again get an apartment together so looking forward to that too um but yeah just new stage in life and
2: your job is with who, with whom cummins cummins gotcha in columbus in Columbus, nice. it's hybrid. Um, I'll
1: probably go into the office like three days a week, but might be in india as well. So we'll see.
0: Well, that's awesome. Well, we're really proud of uh, all the work you've put in, and you've got a bright future. You were always stellar academically for us. You were a great uh, part of our team. You get to leave here and your uh, end your career with uh, being part of hanging a banner, a couple banners in Mackey, mm-hmm. uh, with the Big Ten regular season title and the tournament title, a couple rings on your finger. So. Um, a, a job well done in your tenure with us. Thank you. So, our final four questions here with Matt Frost. First question is: What is your go-to music of choice? You're cruising home to music. Columbus. What's what's playing in the car?
1: Um, if it's the summer like today, I'll probably listen to some country. It's not really like my go-to. I don't know if I have one really real genre of go-to music. I listen to it a lot. Personally, though, I just don't like rap uh it's just not my style and not my personality so really anything else
0: um do you have a favorite artist is there a country artist that you like more than others
1: uh zach Bryan's pretty good he's okay yeah probably one of my go-tos
0: gotcha any concerts this summer you getting any getting <laughs> out to see any music
1: no i'm not a big concert guy either like i like listening to the music on my own but going to a concert with a bunch of other people and there's like thousands of people there like and they're all jumping around like i just want to listen to the music i don't sometimes music is something you can watch but most of the time it's just
2: it's for the ears See, Rob's in the mosh pit when he goes. Really? <laughs> uh, no, no. <laughs> I'll go with you one time then. I'm the spoiled brat that will buy the sweet <laughs> so I can be up and
0: away from everyone else. That's what uh, I the VI, Mr. VIP. That's right. He's the, guy that's, he's the guy that cuts in line with the wristband on. <laughs> yes. Gets all the merch ahead of you and gets the beers ahead of you. It's like, yeah. come on. Okay, question two here on the final four. What is your favorite book or maybe a good book you've recently read? Hmm. Um,
1: that's a good question Um, I'll say one book that's kind of interesting for me that my brother-in-law kind of proposed to me it's called The Meaning of Marriage so uh, going into the new chapter in life that's probably pretty close in my future so thinking about that is uh, something that's important to me so reading books I mean I want to read some more books as I get older, and books are great. So uh, definitely recommend reading books if you're not a book person, even audio books. Um,
0: so does this book, like, prepare you for what it's like? It's a okay.
1: biblical look on marriage. So for me, that's, pretty, that's really important. And my brother-in-law has done a great job of getting me and even my brother into it and really thinking about some things that will be important to us later in life.
0: That's awesome. Yep. The biggest thing is just agree, say yes, nod your head. <laughs> that's right. And, uh, yep. <laughs> and you'll make it work. Yeah. No, boy, that, it, yes. That's
2: what I've learned. <laughs> yes, that's a very short book. Just a couple that of things. Sounds great. <laughs> Learn how to say yes, dear.
0: Yes, I would like to do housework for the next ten hours straight. Yes. On my day off. Yes, I would I will cut the grass right now. <laughs> Okay, question three here on the final four. If you could wave a wand and do any profession in the world starting tomorrow, what would it be?
1: Hmm. Um, something I looked into and uh, before I really accepted the job at Cummins was a was medical device sales. I know uh, I talked to Ryan Klein. He works at a company called Stryker right now, doing the thing that I would like to do sometime in the future. So part i like about that job is i'm not a great salesperson i don't think but the devices kind of sell themselves in a way and you're just there to help out with the with the doctor or the surgeon who's using it
2: and that's one thing that i like It's just so they're overpaid
0: is what you're saying they're overpaid oh yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) 100 so yeah you're saying ryan klein is really an (laughs) unnecessary part of that
1: ryan klein specifically but the (laughs) job in general
2: so
0: now, you you mentioned a profession that's actually attainable. Most people, uh-huh. the answer to this question right. is, like, you know, beyond their wildest dreams. So mm-hmm. is there anything, like, totally out there that you would, like, you know, like, movie star? Oh, gosh, no. no <laughs> I, I, I didn't think that.
1: I'm a pretty realistic person, I think. And maybe, like, even later down the road, real estate investor. But that's not crazy or anything. I oh. thought,
2: I actually thought you were going to say barista. Because oh, aren't barista. you and Caleb first, I, I, is it fair to say, are the two coffee snobs <laughs> on our team?
1: I would say I'm way more of a coffee snob than him. I'm
0: even, him even, into
2: it. Okay. But, All right.
0: Well, now, you're. Let, let's talk about <laughs> oh, you and Caleb to. and your coffee your coffee um, adventures. <laughs> this could take a while. <laughs> when we were boarding a flight to, where was Oh, it? my
1: gosh. We don't need to talk <laughs> where about Where was this now. to? I forget where it was from, but I know exactly what you're talking okay, about.
0: Okay, so Caleb has a little bit of a, of a peanut allergy. Not a little bit. He has a peanut a allergy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, you know, it's one of those things like I plan our meals, so I got to alert the hotels. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, we we do have a guy with a peanut allergy, so they, you know, as they prepare the food and everything. Um we are boarding the, a flight to, oh, I can't remember where we were going. It was later in the year. And uh, we get to the airport, and uh, you and Caleb come walking in. have your coffee. It's no big deal. And all of a sudden, Caleb's like, hey, uh, goes to Chad. And Chad's like, hey, um, we might have a problem. I go, what do you mean? He said, well, Caleb's starting to get a little tingling feeling. Hmm. And uh, thinks there may be something with the coffee. Well, apparently, long story short, is they put some pistachio oil. It was like, a this pistachio
1: how, latte from Starbucks.
0: This is how fancy these guys are. They went and got a pistachio <laughs> latte. And Caleb's getting a little, you know, ooh, I'm not feeling, uh, this is feeling a little weird. So Chad's like, let's just sit him here in the terminal for like, 20, 30 minutes and make sure this passes. I don't want to get like, you know, 10,000 feet and all of a sudden, like he's having a reaction. And we're
2: pulling out the EpiPen. Yeah. yeah, right. yeah right, and, and, right. And
0: Chad has the EpiPen with him all the time. So we sat there and everybody gets on the plane and then everybody starts like, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> and Chad and me and Caleb are still waiting in the terminal. I told everybody what was going on. The pilot's like, yeah, no problem. You're good. It's, just, it's your plane. Let us know. So we sat there and then finally like the all clear and you know, we called I think we called Caleb's parents, like, mm-hmm. "Hey, we make sure we're doing everything right." Yeah, yeah, he should be fine. It it won't happen after thirty minutes or whatever the time was. So the clock ran, and then we boarded and away we went. And so then we gave we gave Frosty a little hell after that. Like, come on, Frosty, you're putting us behind schedule here. Getting mm. this guy all introduced these coffees and these fancy, mm-hmm. all these fancy coffees, and now we got a guy that almost missed a flight. So, so what is your favorite? Do you have a favorite coffee spot here in, in town?
1: in town um not really there's a couple like or not I was about to say the one down in Columbus but the one here probably Gray House. they have some pretty good coffee they just opened a place called The Lobby downtown and it's kind of like a coffee bar but then they also have some good food and also cocktails which as I've gotten older I've kind of gotten into some cocktails ah, but good for you yeah uh I like to make my own coffee so that's the big thing with me and the way I like it is just black so then you can really taste a lot of the different beans but the pistachio latte was kind of just like something at Starbucks I don't like drinking the only thing I get from Starbucks is a cold beer in the summer and then yeah. the occasional like latte in the winter so I don't like the black coffee to be honest I'd much rather make my own so for me my favorite coffee would just be straight black and then random different types of beans
0: that whole coffee world you can fall down a rabbit hole there (laughs) and like my wife and i really we we have coffee from her hometown they send us beans and we Mm. grind our own and do that whole thing but we've been to the the coffee house back there where you can get this 15 dollar cup of coffee that is transfused through these pipes and Mm -hmm. heated at a certain you know to a perfect temperature to maximize this and that Mm -hmm. and i don't understand it all i have not gotten it but yeah, you can go a lot of different ways with oh, yeah. in the coffee world. So, Okay, final question here on the Final Four is, what is a little-known fact or something no one knows about you?
1: Mm, little-known fact possibly could be when I was four, I hit a hole-in-one. What? Wow. I was. It was a 67-yard par-3 in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. I was a Decent golfer when I was young, had a great long game, terrible short game, and then eventually quit to play baseball, and then quit play, baseball to play basketball, but now I'm recently recently got some clubs and gonna get get back into golf.
0: I don't know but. whether to applaud you or punch you in the face. <laughs> you had a hole one at four. Here I've been grinding yeah, away exactly. my whole life, never had one, never had one. Holy It was cow. luck, I will say. That's great. That is a great answer to <laughs> yeah, that question. One of the better ones we've ever had. <laughs> one of the better ones. Now, I was expecting – I had a low bar set for you there, Frosty. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm just going to keep it real. I thought, man, this is going to be a dud. And then you just hit it out of the park. Wow. That was yeah. fantastic. Did you Did you know – like four years old, like did you know right away, like did you go nuts on the tee box?
1: Not really. Um,
0: I can't see you really going nuts too yeah, much on was. It
1: was, was kind of late at night, I think. Not like super late, but there was – uh, some golfers like parallel to us on the other tee who just started jumping up and down yelling, Hole in know and I was like whoa and I was like dad can you get my bag and then I just ran up to the to the oh, green and that looked is at it awesome
2: yeah. that is so cool do you still have the ball
0: I do yep. yeah I got cool. a
1: little like number one yeah trophy yeah. and just like sticks That's in the one sweet
0: that is awesome. That had to be tough at Ford to end up buying beers for everybody in the clubhouse. It was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I that tried. Was, <laughs> that's really hard to do. I don't I don't know how that would have got done. Wow, that is awesome. That is a great way a to end one. this podcast, good. my yeah. man. That is great. Well, hey, congrats again. Um, great career for us. Um, uh, always part of the Boiler Ball family. Now you get to look forward to me wearing you out to come back to our alumni reunions and playing <laughs> the alumni game and things like that. So, oh, yeah. Uh, but – appreciate you taking time here today uh, best of luck down the road with graduation and and uh, life in the real world and uh, and and thanks again
1: thank you thanks thanks for uh, having me on
0: all right that was Matt Frost here episode 90 on the podcast appreciate everybody listening and until next time be curious be informed and be well
2: good night everyone